we really wanted to get a partner who could grow with us. You know, our ultimate goal is to become a billion dollar platform. And in order for those type of investors to be interested, you just have to be a certain size. Uh, Ryan, first, congratulations on uh, securing the $35 million. Uh, that's fuel in the tank. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of questions for management in and around the specifics, perhaps even more so than was contained in the news release. Can you be a little more definitive as to some of the details and what that $35 million is going to allow you to do? Yeah, with the $35 million, it basically gives us the, work, the working capital and access to funds we need to execute on our business plan. You know, as, as a rapidly growing airline, uh, as, as a company that's constantly reinvesting in the business and in both people, crews, and systems, uh, this allows us to probably be a little more strategic with how we do it. We can plan a little further ahead because uh, we have certainty on cash flows and certainty on timing of things. Um, ultimately, it gives us more leverage as we're uh, negotiating in various positions. also puts us in a better negotiating position with not only lessors, but creditor, uh, vendors. Uh, you know, everything is, you know, lease rates are ultimately tied to your credit rating or they're ultimately tied to your the strength of your balance sheet. And the stronger we can present one, I think it creates opportunities for us not only in leasing, but also uh, in negotiating rates with vendors, which is all all towards the ultimate goal of creating an efficient operation, not just a rapidly growing one. In terms of the, the interest rate, the 15%, I'm sure some folks are going to wonder, why do you have to pay 15% money? Because on the surface, it would appear to be expensive. And then the other part of it would be, why not you know raise a little bit of equity at this time or perhaps a lesser amount of debt. Can you clarify that? Yeah. So you have to keep in mind, while this is a senior secured note, you know, Global Crossing through its business model doesn't really have a lot of assets. You know, we lease our aircraft, uh, we have rotals and equipment. And so it's kind of a, and one of the reasons we, we, we spent a long time and we had to find the right partner is it's really an equity type risk uh, from, from their perspective is there is no real assets to go seize and sell in the case of, of, this winding down, which you would see in a traditional senior debt deal, which would command a lower rate. So I think we this is more of a hybrid kind of situation uh, where we are uh, kind of an equity type risk. Uh, they're really financing us based on our projected cash flows and our projected operations. And, and generally that, that garners a higher rate. You know, we could have gone to raise equity, um, but part of the, you know, the kind of the, the Goldilocks issue, I would say, is we really wanted to get a partner who could grow with us. You know, our ultimate goal is to become a billion dollar platform. And in order for those type of investors to be interested, you just have to be a certain size, right? And, and if the deal is less than 25 or $30 million, generally 80% of the institutional people just won't talk to you. And we weren't comfortable raising 30 to 25 or $30 million in equity. We just weren't at this price point. So we had to find a partner who's willing to put it in as debt at kind of a hybrid rate, uh, but also had the resources as we went to go, if we want to go acquire aircraft, you know, which require 100 to $200 million to be able to participate in that going forward. And as we, as we grow the platform, be able to continue to participate. So yes, on the surface for a debt deal, it feels expensive. But when you look at our profile, and I think if you look at what deals are getting done out there, this is actually probably bang on market, if not a fantastic deal for us. I would presume in perspective, uh, 
you know, 2023, a lot has changed on the interest rate side compared yeah, it's to not 2020 even a year. Yeah, yeah I, I, I challenge most people on here to go go renegotiate your mortgage and ask me what that rate is. And I'm pretty sure that rate, or go get a car loan. Um, I actually had my MasterCard open up. You know, when they put, you know, here's your rate. I'm used to seeing it at 18 and 19. That thing says 30 now. Go look. This is like 30. And so um, the interest rate environment has changed. And yes, while it is a high rate, keep in mind, we are growing rapidly. You know, we're, we're targeting, you know, low triple digits, high double digit growth rates. And, and this is part of that fuel for those growth rates. Uh, I just ran some quick numbers, and, and based on the structure, it's, it will cost Global X a uh, little more than $5 million U.S. a year to service. Uh, how many planes, based on your numbers, would be required just to service the interest? A little over two. Two passenger planes to service interest. So... Um, Keeping in mind, we are servicing a chunk of interest now. We do have eight and a half million in debt today, so it's incremental. But when we look at our target unit economics, as we've discussed um, probably countless times, uh, approximately two air, two passenger aircraft would cover the interest. So, in so much as this means we can go from sixteen to eighteen, I feel like we're ahead. Um, but I really think this allows us to go from you know sixteen to forty or fifty. And speaking about your current debt, this new structure does it save you any money based on on the existing debt that you have yeah so we have a six million dollar secured note that's at 15 percent, and we have an unsecured note at 20 percent. uh so obviously the, the the unsecured note which is two and a half is at 20 will we'll now will be paid off so all debt other debts we have will be paid off and it also pushes the maturity out six years right so we have a six-year maturity uh, rather than quarterly interest, we have semi-annual interest. And again, we have a six-year maturity versus you know the six million coming due in April next year and the two and a half million being which would have been due in August this year. In your uh, Q1 webinar, uh, you and Ed Weagle talked about a base case of nine passenger and two cargo for 2023 and an objective to get to uh, 12 passenger and six cargo by year end. We know you don't necessarily have control over delivery dates, but with this new capital in hand and the ability to make commitments, are you more comfortable that you can reach those objectives? And I'm not trying to pin you down to a timeline with the extra fuel in the tank. Now, uh, was there some reluctance before because you didn't have enough capital and now you can expedite your plans? Yes. So I think the, the short answer is we are more confident. It will be tough to get to that number. I think in the press release, we refer to 16 versus 18 aircraft. And, and really that isn't necessarily a capital constraint. Uh, but yeah, as we, as we go to sign leases, I'm much more comfortable putting down deposits for leases. I'm much more comfortable looking at maybe taking two or three aircraft in a quarter or four and a quarter Versus, you know, one, because the operation, we can staff enough, we can have enough people on staff to handle it. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into taking an aircraft on board. Uh, I think it just brings more, it doesn't, there are no guarantees in this, obviously, but I think it creates more certainty about the delivery dates. And and I think you'll hear some, probably a series of announcements with regards to additional lease commitments, specifically next year, um, as, as which will allow us, because, you know, we talk about 16, but, you know, our ultimate goal for 24 was 30. 
right? So we need to start putting those in place. So I think what it'll do is it allows us now to start planning better for 24 versus being, and in the end, ultimately, by having this stronger balance sheet, we can be much more proactive versus reactive as it relates to any sort of leasing. Um, we will likely go out to the market, you know, with this new with this new cash, and and solicit offers for additional aircraft. Which, you know, to be honest, from some lessors would have shied away from us before, but will be very interested to deal with us going forward. So, I think just opens up more opportunities, allows us to be more aggressive. Uh, well, you've answered my question that I was going to ask you about 2024, so we don't have to go there. Now that you're on much firmer ground and there's a, a more direct and clear path on the growth profile, do you think you will now be able to attract more institutional, especially U.S. institutional interest in Global yes. X? Yep. I think, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, in this world, size matters. And, uh, uh, and you know, I think from the institutional perspective, having a, a fund like XXR commit what they've committed kind of is a signal to the other institutions and to pay, probably pay attention to us. Uh, you know, they don't, they're investing in the next five to six years too. And, and I think we are getting to that kind of tipping point of scale where we get out of kind of the micro, we're, we're exclusively maybe micro, micro cap, I don't know what it's called. Uh, and, and, one of the benefits of, of going through a fundraise process like this is you you have hundreds of touch points throughout the and throughout the industry. So I could our, I can comfortably say we're on a lot of radars that we weren't on before, uh, and getting a deal done like this I think just gives us credibility uh, to to attract those those type of investors. And finally, because this question comes up all the time, it's about an uplist in Nasdaq, for instance. Sure. Uh, Hopefully, uh, this new deal will be a catalyst to expedite the valuation. Yep. Um, where do you have to get to before you're really going to look at NASDAQ? You had hoped to start the process by the end of this year, but you know market conditions aren't the best for one thing. But do you want to provide any further comment on a NASDAQ objective? So I think with this money raised, we don't need to raise money, right? So one of the reasons people uplist is to raise money. Um, so we, uh, what that gives us is a luxury of timing to find the right time to uplist and allow our operations and our financials to, I think with every month we operate, and I think we're going to demonstrate it as we talk about our Q2 and, and Q3 and 4, we become effectively stronger and more attractive to the type of investors who would invest in us through NASDAQ. So, you know, I've, I've done kind of try to predict this. I've tried it for two and a half years and I've failed at every step uh, for a lot of reasons beyond my control. But, but I do know you want to do this from a position of strength, not of need. And we don't need to uplist to raise money because of this deal, uh, which means we can uplist when it makes the most sense for our shareholders. And, and what that means and why it's important is if you uplist too early, you will, it hurts the shareholders. It really does. You, you suffer a dilution. Um, you have to cut a deal you don't want to cut. But if you do it from a position of strength and with momentum and significant interest from institutional investors, because they've seen what your growth trajectory is, they see what your plans are, they believe you, they believe you can execute on it. That's the message I want to go to NASDAQ with. So uh, ideally, if all those things come together in September, I'll uplist in September. I don't think that's going to happen, 
Um, I don't know if it's going to happen in December, January, or February, but I think that from a shareholder perspective of which, you know, I'm in the, and the board is significant shareholders, we will move there when it, when it makes sense. And, and it's definitely a priority. Like this is not something we're just going to pass off and say, well, we're never doing this. No, we see the value. We see there's huge opportunity, uh, but we think we need to get through. Let's see how the next two to three months work and what the market looks like. What we do know though, as a S1 filer, as an you an SEC filer, we have an effective S1. The documentation required to file with the SEC, we we have all those in place. You know, uh, you know, turning a K into an S4 is a relatively straightforward process. So I think we have an we have an ability to move quickly when the time makes sense. Ryan, we appreciate the clarification. Thank you. No problem.